We are really going to get into nighttime eating on this episode. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom. I am Katie Papo, and today's topic is nighttime eating. So we are going to go all deep into nighttime eating right now. Um, And before we do that, I just wanted to invite you um, on a lot of these topics. I'm starting to compile writings on these as well. So if you haven't joined my email list, I invite you to do that. And also another quick announcement for those of you who are looking to join our Rewired Eating 12-Week Immersion Program. This is where we help people end their decades cycles of binge binge eating, eating disorders. Um, Now is a fabulous time to do it before the end of the year. I know that for a lot of us, uh, when we get to the end of the year, this is our reflection time on the things that we want to bring into our new year and the things that we want to leave behind. And if food has been something that's been just a burden to you and it's consuming of your mind and consuming of your happiness and it's detracting from your well-being and your ability to really enjoy this life, I invite you to seriously consider investing in your freedom this year. And please do feel free to reach out if you have any questions or I know there's also sometimes a lot of fears about um, making a significant choice like that. So please do feel free to reach out to me if that's what you'd like to really focus your energy and attention on this new year. So let's get into nighttime eating right now. Now, there are lots of different ways that nighttime eating can look. And the specific question that I received, as you guys know, season four, I'm doing Q&A. This question came from Virginia, who feels like I can't seem to stop eating after dinner time. It's like I open the floodgates at dinner time and then I just can't stop. So Virginia, first of all, you're not alone. And I also wanted to identify some other types of nighttime eating that can come up for a lot of people, uh, which can be like, if at the end of the day, you know, that's your time to unwind or numb out, that's your me time. And then the food floodgates open. Um, Or maybe you're someone who sticks with your eating plan the entire day and you feel really good about that, but then it's like you undo all of that by binging at night. Um, For some people, it's middle of the night eating or everybody goes to bed and then that's your time to like secretly eat. These are just a few examples. Um, If you resonate with any of those, please put in the comments uh, which one you most resonate with. And as we go throughout this episode, Uh, please feel free to write any further questions you have. And uh, also feel free to just say hi or type live if you're watching live or replay if you're watching the replay. So uh, these are a few examples of nighttime eating. So however your nighttime eating looks, there are a few core factors at play. These are the factors I want to address during these the, this episode because they're the more universal factors. Now, when we work with our clients, we can get into more specific things and then apply very specific strategies. But the truth is, if you understand these underlying factors really well, this can make a significant difference alone for you. So definitely pay attention to this episode. So I, I also want to address... Um, For those of you who tend to find yourself to be quote unquote good all day and then you binge at night, um, there's a reason why this occurs. And most people 
believe it's because your willpower runs out at the end of the day. But in order to really understand how to heal nighttime eating at the root level, we have to understand why your willpower is running out at the end of the day, right? If the, the answer is not just willpower, right? That's the lack of willpower, I would say, is more of a symptom than the actual deeper problem. So we need to get to the deeper problem. So I'm going to give um, a couple reasons for this, why the willpower runs out at the end of the day. And this is also connected to why you're nighttime eating in general. Okay. After I go through these two reasons, I'm going to go into another couple um, other reasons that can be more on the emotional side of things. Okay. So I'm going to stick first with psychology, then we'll go to biology, then we'll go to emotional. All right. So that's, that's the sequence of this episode right now. So let's, let's get into it. Okay. Reason one, reason number one, normal human psychology. Okay. You are not willpowerless. People who don't have willpower would not have been able to stick with diets for as long as you have, right? You're not weak-minded. What's happening is you're actually working against your own psychology. And you've heard me give this example before, but I'll give it again quickly for those of you who are new to the podcast. Let's say starting tomorrow, no sugar. We're just setting that boundary. Starting tomorrow, we're going to go 30 whole days, sugar-free, okay? Zero sugar for 30 days. Now, this is going to start at 12 midnight tonight, okay? Then we're going 30 days straight. So given that you now have this information, what would you like to go out to eat today <laughs> before your sugar-free month starts, right? This is not a trick question. We're going to want to go get our favorite sugary things, right? Whether it's ice cream or cake or whatever it is that we feel like we're going to miss the most. The mind, in our, the way our psychology works, is we hyper-focus on the things that we're not allowed to have. We say no sugar. So where does the mind go? Sugar. Where our attention goes, our energy flows. I say no sugar, then all I'm thinking about is sugar. Even if I'm not eating it, I sure as hell am thinking about it a lot. And I'm thinking about how I can't have it and what I'll have instead, right? How do I know? Because I've done <laughs> more sugar-free challenges than I can count. And then I've always gone back to eating even more sugar than I began with. And I became obsessed with sugar. So, and I used to consider myself to be a sugar addict as well. And now I can have um, cookies in the refrigerator. I can forget about them, right? I can eat a couple cookies and be satisfied. I used to not even fathom that this could be a possibility for me, which is why I know it's not about the sugar. It's about the deeper things beneath. So that's what we're going to address here. So when you're hyper-focusing on not eating certain things, and especially if you've gone through your whole day, and you're trying to quote unquote, be good by sticking with your diet plan, right? By the time nighttime rolls around, you've been so focused on not eating this or not eating that, that by the end of the day, your willpower is not going to stand a chance. By the end of the day, we have decision fatigue anyway. Our, our willpower, you know, it's easier in the morning than at night, right? To have a routine, right? Because um, or at least like a healthy kind of routine that requires willpower because we're starting the day like kind of fresh with it. By the time we get to the end of the day and we've gone through all the stuff of the day, we just have less energy in general, right? That's kind of a common uh, phenomenon. So the reason you binge isn't because of that, but that certainly doesn't help the situation. So because you've gone that whole day restricting yourself, 
and depriving yourself mentally, by the end of the day, that's all you're going to want to have, especially when you want to relax. So that's the reason number one, human psychology. This is not unique to you. There is nothing wrong with you. This is how everybody's mind works, right? But the reason why some uh, binge and others don't is because some don't restrict in the first place. Some don't put place those, those extreme deprivations on their mind in the first place. But if they do, that is what would happen. That's why 95% plus people who go on diets um, fail the diet and end up gaining the weight back. And a large percentage of those people gain the weight back plus more. I was one of those people. You might be one of those people. But if something's happening to more than 95% of the population, that's a chance that there's not actually something wrong with you, right? That means there's something seriously wrong with the strategy. And what motivation might a whole weight loss um, industry have to keep you needing to gain weight, <laughs> right? There might be a financial incentive there. So that aside, Human psychology, it's not because of you. It's normal. You're not lacking willpower. It's the strategy itself is flawed to begin with. Now we can get into reason number two, which is your biology. So every person, right? We have the same biology. We're all snowflakes. We're all different. But there are some things that remain the same in the sense that your body is designed to protect itself from any major harm, perceived, real, unreal, right? One of those real harms is starvation. Now, whether you're actually starving or not doesn't really matter. The body will interpret food deprivation, whether it's mental or physical food deprivation, whether you're just telling yourself you can't have something or if you're actually starving, the body will interpret that in a very similar way. It doesn't really see the difference. So because of that, two processes happen that are working against you when you're constantly engaging in any kind of food rules where you personally feel deprived, right? So process A, okay, if you are restricting calories or nutrients or food groups during the day, your body interprets this as starvation, okay? As a result, what happens? It will try to slow down your metabolic processes, your fat burning processes, but it will also create cravings. Okay, to try to get you to eat. So the more we restrict or deprive, the more we generate cravings. And the more cravings we generate, now we need even more willpower to overcome those. And eventually the willpower is depleted. We can't rely on willpower as a sustainable source. So when these food cravings build up for long enough, right, we can resist them for some time right? We can maybe resist the first one or two cravings that come up. But if your willpower is extra depleted at night anyway, and these cravings keep becoming generated out of your body's thinking it's starving, right? Eventually it will feel beyond your control. It will feel like it's happening like so far out of your control. That's when you give in. Ah, screw it. I'll start again tomorrow. I need to have this right now, right? It's almost, it's not even logic, right? This goes so deep so deep into our biology, so deep into our psychology, so deep into just our state of survival as human beings. You are trying to work against something so deep, right? So that's process A that happens um, when your body is trying to protect itself from starvation. Now, process B, 
right? Even if you aren't actually restricting calories or nutrients, the body will still interpret mental deprivation as starvation as well. So what's mental deprivation, right? It's when you really want something, but you're not letting yourself have it. So even if technically you're eating enough, because I know some of you are like, I'm not starving, I'm overweight, right? Your body can still interpret you as starving, okay? If you are mentally deprived, if you are not satisfied and you are mentally deprived, the body can interpret that sequence of signals in the same exact way. So the body will continue to generate cravings to protect you right? This is not your body betraying you. This is your body acting in your favor. Okay. It doesn't know our intentions. It's just doing what it knows how to do. So the food cravings come on stronger and stronger until they feel impossible to resist. So I'm sorry if you guys hear that background noise. I think it's my ceiling fan, but if I turn off the fan, then I'm also turning off the lights. It's a tough call. Hopefully you can't hear it. Um, but if you do, please <laughs> don't leave me a bad review. I won't turn on the ceiling fan in the next episode. Um, uh, okay. So I, I say that because there was recently one lady who was complaining that I was, um, hitting the table <laughs> when I, when I speak, which jarred the microphone, which is, which for people with sensitive ears, that's tough. And I recently changed something in my setup, so I don't do that anymore. So, um, I always appreciate good feedback, but kind feedback, please. Okay. So really what your body is doing is it's, it's protecting you, but it just feels like your mind is betraying you. And we might say, oh, that means I don't have enough willpower. But what does this really mean? It means that there's nothing wrong with you. The reason you're struggling so much with food cravings at the end of the day, that's just part of anyone's normal psychology or biology if they were doing the things that you're doing currently. So then the question becomes this, how do you start eating healthy? Or are you just doomed to not be able to restrict anymore and therefore you're just going to eat uncontrollably until you burst, right? When our clients come to us, this is like where they're stuck, right? They don't know necessarily how to change this for themselves because they've already done so much research on how to end the binge habit. They're trying to change their mindset, but it just feels like mental confusion, mental gymnastics, like they're trying to trick themselves, but they're too smart to trick themselves. And that's the thing is you can't like smart people. <laughs> you can't fool yourself into a whole new mindset around food. So what you really need to change is the way that your nervous system reacts to food. And only then you'll be able to change those thoughts. I've talked about this in other episodes. I don't want to go too far into it now. Um, what I want to do right now is actually press pause on, um, on that point. And I want to go into the other two reasons for nighttime eating besides the psychology and the biology. And then we can get into some solutions as you listen to that. Okay. So number three, um, by the way, if you're here and you're watching and you have any questions, just type them in the comments. So we talked about psychology. We talked about your biology. We recognize now that it's really not willpower that's contributing to the nighttime eating. But there's also this element I've noticed from, you know, we've worked with so many people at this point. I can't even count the number of people who have come to us with nighttime eating issues that we've been able to resolve. And while I won't say, mm, 
I won't say that this is the root reason. I will say that this is something that exacerbates the root reason. So the root reason for your nighttime eating is often restriction, whether that's restricting throughout the day or just you're in this perpetual habit of restriction and your willpower will always last you, but then it breaks at night, right? That means the, the cause or the, the problem isn't your willpower. It's the fact that um, you need to generate willpower in the first place. When you have a normal, healthy relationship with food, right, it doesn't take willpower. You eat healthy because it feels good and you like it. That's why I eat healthy now, because it feels good and I like it. I didn't used to feel that way. I used to live on sugar and frozen food and fried food and all that kind of stuff. And now a meal feels incomplete if there's nothing green in it, which I can't even, it's, it's hard to imagine old Katie as even saying something like that because it's such a radically shift, different shift in identity for me, but now it's my normal. So, and I used to not understand how people could eat healthy consistently, but that it wasn't taking them willpower, that they actually liked it. Now I get that. And now we help people get to that place as well. Um, so I, I very clearly see the process, but that's how it works. It, when you don't need willpower to achieve your goals, you know how much easier it is to achieve your goals? Like how much easier is it to stick with something when it feels good? Right? So, so I would say that's the root. The root is that you're trying to stick with something that inherently in its very essence is causing cravings, is causing you to have to muster so much willpower in order to achieve your goals. You're literally trying to solve your problem by doing something that creates more cravings. But the cycle with nighttime eaters is usually that, that you're trying to follow your food rules using your willpower throughout the day, and then it just breaks at night. So it's the same reason why anyone binges. It's just that your pattern is day into night, night into day, day into night, and then you eat so much at night, and now I'm so full, and now I really don't want to eat. I have to make up for all the things I ate last night by not eating today, and it, you just keep yourself in that cycle. I was in that cycle because nighttime eating was my thing. And I know that my thought process around that was, um, let me just get back into that mind. I would start each day with this new set of food rules and this new resolve to follow them, to be healthy. I would say, I'm going to eat this and not this. When I crave this, I'm going to have this instead, and I'm going to not eat more than this quantity. And I would even like have like a tracking sheet and, and I'd write it all down or I'd measure things out depending on what I was doing. And I would follow that for the day. And then out of rebellion of that at night, I would just want to chill out and have some comfort and not be so hyper-focused on my food. And then as a result of that, out of feeling so deprived all day, then I would eat 
jars of peanut butter and boxes of cookies or five candy bars in the span of 10 minutes. I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. I was literally hurting myself with how much I was eating at night. So much so that I would go to bed in pain, right? It was not a conscious drifting off to sleep. It was like passing out from pain and from fullness and from like lethargy. And then when I would wake up in the morning, I'd still feel full. I'd still feel sick. And so not only was there the emotional component of beating myself up for what I had done before and wanting to rectify all my wrongdoing by not eating that day, but I also just would not be hungry at all, right? I could go pretty much like till 5 p.m. without even experiencing hunger because I was so full from the thousands of calories I ate the night before. And also I didn't, because I, I didn't want to ever gain weight, right? Even though I did and it went up and down all the time, I was trying to avoid gaining weight. So I would say, well, I ate so much last night. I have to make up for that for not eating today. So I would go the whole day, not eat. I'd be like, oh, I feel so much better. I'd start to digest. I'd be like, oh, finally I feel lighter again. And then seven o'clock rolls around, starting to get hungry. And I tell myself, all right, just have this and then just stop. But already it was too late because the deprivation set in and I had already perpetuated that same cycle. So what happens next? I'm binging again. And that same cycle, it happened day after day, week after week, month after month. You know what? The ceiling fan sound is actually bothering me right now. So I'm going to turn off the lights because most of you guys listen and don't watch my video anyway. And you can still see me pretty good. All right. So, so that's kind of how the, the, how the restrict binge cycle works just in the sense of night to daytime, right? So it's the same cycle. The same principles apply for anything that I'm teaching here for the binge restrict cycle. Yours is just specific to nighttime. That's all. So you're not actually using different strategies. You're just applying them to certain time of day. That's all. That's all. But I did want to get into, like I said, there are two other kind of more emotional pieces that go along with this. And the two emotional pieces are this. Number one, I found that those of our clients and myself having experienced this too, those of our clients who struggle mostly with nighttime eating usually have an additional habit of neglecting themselves in other ways during the day as well. So the deprivation doesn't just come in the form of food, but it can also come in the form of just general rest and self-care. So what happens is we kind of put ourselves last all day and we spend the day putting out fires, taking care of everyone except ourselves, rushing from place to place, working super hard, mentally exhausting ourselves because a lot of us, you know, we care about our work and we care about doing a good job and showing up for others. And that's just who we are, but it can often come at the expense of ourselves so we go through this whole day with our energy depleting as we go. By the time the end of the day comes, 
all we have the energy for is to basically crash and we want to just numb out. And a lot of times um, the clients who I have who experience nighttime eating like I have in the past, we also feel very deeply. And um, so as we go throughout the world through the day and we're like experiencing other people's energies and taking on, you know, the pain and the sorrows of the world and hearing bad news and all that kind of stuff, we, we don't necessarily process it in that moment because we're moving so fast. And then at the end of the day, it's like it all catches up and it's too much to, to feel like we can process then or that we have the energy to process. So we just want to numb. And the reason why I say this isn't a root cause is because wanting to numb does not necessarily equate with binge eating, right? Some people numb with alcohol. Some people numb with TV. Some people numb with social media. We can numb with anything pretty much. But so that's why I say it's not the root cause. The root cause has to do with like restriction of actual food. But when we're in that habit of binging already, and that's a comfort of ours, we'll just attach that comfort to the numbing that we need. So then the way that we numb is with food. Does that make sense? You get that? So the needing of the comfort and the needing of the numbing doesn't actually have to do with the food, but we're, because we're already in the habit of using food to cope, that's kind of where we just insert that binge habit is at the end of the day when that's our biggest time when we, when we want to numb out and just cope with the world and life. So um, that's one emotional reason. Let me know if you have any questions on that. The second emotional reason that I really just started thinking about recently, I think because it's right now at the time of this recording, it's the end of the year. The end of the year, moving into winter, that's when a lot of us get reflective, right? It's a lot, it's, it's where a lot of us are questioning ourselves and, and what we want to bring more of into our lives and what are the things in our lives that we're just ready to let go of and move on from. And I think at nighttime, right, as it gets darker, as it gets quieter, as we are alone, we start reflecting on these things naturally. And when we're not um, happy with where we are, even if other areas of our lives are good, if there's an area of our life that is really burdening us like food, we're gonna start to think about that more when we're alone when we have time, when we have quiet, when we're, when we're by ourselves. And nighttime is usually that time, isn't it? Not for everyone, but classically, right? That's, that's that time. Just like how, when we get to the end of the year, right? That's our time when, why do you think new year's resolutions exist, right? Because when we get to the end of the year, we're reflecting, here's what I want to do better next year. Here's what I want to let go of. Nighttime is just like a micro version of that that happens every day because then we're going into a new day. So we start to, I think, naturally on even a subconscious level. Um, yeah, Linda says morning too, right? Because it's it's leading into something new. So we have that time with ourselves where we're reflecting. And if we're not where we want to be, what kind of feeling does that bring up? 
discomfort or shame or guilt, right? I know I can't count how many times I've said to myself, I should be so much further along by now. I should know this already. I should have fixed this by now. Or yeah, Linda, great, um, great. Linda just wrote in the comments or fear, right? Fear of like, what will happen? I've been up late at night worrying about what will become of me if I can't get this issue under control. Am I going to be obese? Am I going to like eat myself to death? Even if I'm not obese, will I have organ failure? Like these were my fears or just, am I going to like, will I ever be able to achieve my full potential if this burden of food is taking up so much of my brain? Will I ever be able to fully love someone else if I can't love myself? Will I be able to take care of someone else fully if I'm barely taking care of my most basic thing needs with food? Right? Will I have attention to give anywhere else in my life if this is stealing so much of my attention? These were my fears that would come up. And a lot of times at night when we have these fears or these discomforts or guilt or shame, how do we cope with negative feelings? Right, We eat more. That's why sometimes um, when we have like a, a scary health diagnosis where we need to eat healthier, people will start eating worse right? because we're, we're coping with the fear. And if food is how we're accustomed to coping, that's going to be the first thing that we turn to. So again, this is not a root cause of eating at night, but it is one of those like contributing factors that, um, that if food is already our pattern, we'll just insert it right there as like that emotional comfort or crutch that we use, even though we know it's not good for us, it does feel good in that moment, doesn't it? So, um, so to kind of give you the basic summary right now, the, the big takeaways here is remember that you don't need to solve deep emotional issues in order to end your binge eating habits. Normally that can happen if that's what need, if that's like, um, part of your process, right? But what we found just working with so many people on this is that those things tend to resolve themselves and it's usually the, the other order, right? You resolve the core problem first. The core problem is you're working against your own psychology and your own biology. The first two things I talked about in this episode. These other things are just how we apply that same thing, but in when we're coping. So that's not the root. It's just other ways that it can show up or contribute or exacerbate the problem. Does that make sense? So I hope that lends some insight toward why nighttime eating happens. So you're not just assuming that willpower is your issue. It's not. Willpower is not the issue. And most of our clients um, are actually incredibly capable human beings who succeed in many other areas of life. And food is that one area that has just been this mysterious thing that they haven't been able to fix. And a lot of that um, has to do with the root problem, nothing to do actually with willpower. So if you're somebody who can really resonate with that and you're looking at where you are in your life and you feel like this 
is not something you want to take on with you any further. You don't want to continue to carry your food issues with you throughout your life and you're ready to put down that heavy burden and move forward with ease and peace in your relationship with food, I invite you to seriously consider investing in your freedom this year. Look into our rewired eating program because you are the exact type of person I've designed it for. And we found that using this process, our clients have been able to end these issues that they've carried for so long, but in a way that's peaceful, in a way that's efficient and quite doable, right? Where you don't need this infinite supply of willpower anymore, where food can truly just be a non-issue, right? You can just move through your life, enjoying your life and enjoying eating, but not in a compulsive way and not in an obsessive way. Some people have this fear that if I let go of food as my comfort, how will I ever comfort myself? But the thing is, is that if this was really comforting you, right, you wouldn't be trying to get rid of it. It's causing you more discomfort than comfort. I would guess if you're listening to this podcast in the first place. And also you'll find that you'll be so much more capable of handling hardships or just the struggles of life that come up when you're not overburdened with food. I see people go through this all the time. We've had, you know, clients who have had deaths in their families, like serious, like close deaths in their families or friends or losing pets or any kind of loved one. Um, and I, so I've gotten to witness this firsthand, like while they're going through this process and they're using non-food ways to cope with those issues. And in doing so, they're actually processing them, right? Food does not help us process our issues. What it does is it stuffs them down and helps us repress them, right? But eventually it will boil back up and we're holding that repression and that causes pain, emotional pain. It can cause physical sickness. Repression is not a healthy, sustainable tool or method, I should say. So getting to watch people process things by um, feeling and experiencing and, you know, letting the tears flow, but letting the feelings move through them rather than being consumed by the feelings, that can actually feel pretty good, you know? So um, if that is your fear that you will lose your ability to cope or your ability to handle things, um, I found that just from witnessing and from experiencing myself, it's just not the case. So, um, and when you get past your issues with food, you really aren't losing anything. You only have things to gain. And what I've found just from leading this rewired eating program for some time now and watching so many people go through this process is they're not forcing themselves to become different people. They're becoming more deeply themselves because your food issues truly are not you. They're not who you really are. 
they're holding you back from being who you really are. They're just this burden you've been carrying, this dark cloud that's been hanging over you. And when you let go of that, you can be truly yourself. You just become more of you. You don't have to become this whole new, brand new, shiny person. Like you're, you're going to be yourself. And that's a beautiful thing. So if you want to move into your new year or whatever time of year you're listening to this, if you just don't want to go one more day with these food burdens hanging over you, reach out about the Rewired Eating Program and we'll teach you everything you need to know. Hold your hand every step of the way as you go through this process. Um, it's very high touch and um, we give you really exactly what you need when you need it. So um, feel free to reach out about that. You can also go to my website, katiepapo.com, but know that you do deserve to live a life free of that burden and to get to experience yourself as who you truly are in this life. So with that, I will say, I hope that this has helped you more deeply understand your nighttime eating issues so you can understand the root causes, the things that are not the root causes, but might be contributors. So that way you can have that clarity for yourself as you move forward. And thank you, Virginia, for your question. And throughout the rest of the season, I'll be addressing other questions. So I invite you to tune in. If you found this helpful, please leave a kind review or a five-star rating. I would love um, to keep our podcast growing and, and reaching more people. So thank you so much. Chat soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you for the next episode.